Well, he didn't even refer to it in the, um, he didn't even refer to it in a question. He like referred to it in the, in the intro paragraph of the article. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, so yeah, it wasn't like anything Kip said. He said that. But HubSpot's homepage now says new HubSpot customer platform. Yeah, but see, they're smart enough not to call it a CDP. <laughs> is that a pivot? Are they? Is that? Are they? Are they doing some judo as it relates to CDP? It sounds like it. What is HubSpot? HubSpot is a customer platform with all the software integrations and resources you need to connect your marketing, sales, content management, and customer service. HubSpot. Are, are you getting the, the grow better with HubSpot headline? Uh, yes, I am getting get? to grow better with HubSpot. Oh, so um, yeah, grow better with yeah. HubSpot. Grow better. Grow faster. <laughs> what was Salesforce's? Grow faster? Uh, yes, grow faster. Grow faster. We have to we have to tip our caps to uh, Dave Gerhardt for that one. Hi, it's the SaaS Brand Strategy Show. I'm Ryan. That's Mike. That's Dustin. Uh, we're talking about HubSpot, if you haven't gathered already. And we're talking about HubSpot because they're in the news this week uh, because the news came out that they are acquiring Clearbit. Uh, Dustin, if you've never heard of Clearbit before, tell people what Clearbit is. Uh, Clearbit looks at the IP addresses of people coming to your website and then can tell you which companies have been to your website. So in B2B, right. we're generally targeting a specific ICP. So it helps the marketing team and the sales team know, oh, we've been working to get in contact with someone at uh, Caddis, for example. And then they, Clearbit actually knows which uh, IP addresses, even from our homes, which is a little creepy, um, are Caddis employees. And so... If they're trying to market to us, they would know that either their outreach is working, their ads are working, or without leadership or something. They don't necessarily know how we got there. They just know that we're that we're there. And so it kind of helps the account-based marketing strategy um, work. And that's really how ABM kind of got fueled was once this type of data started flowing. Uh, Zoom Info sells it, Clearbit, uh, a few others. Um, but yeah, it's it's a pretty critical piece of data in the B2B pipeline uh, management marketing stack lead generation. Yeah, cool. It's called, they, it's called enrichment. Um, that's what they call it. Data you enrichment. The, yeah, you're enriching the, your CRM with the records of these folks. So you can buy these names from Clearbit. They'll sell you a, a list of people who are in e-commerce marketers. So right. like they would have my, my name in there. And then you have put me in the CRM and then you go run some campaigns. And then when I show up, or at least my company, it then updates the CRM that like the company came. And yep. then maybe I filled, I filled out a form and then they start to connect it to me. But that's yep. essentially Clearbit's model um, and others. Yep. Why, why present a form with 45 fields in it if I can just get one piece of information about you and then automatically fill in the other 44 pieces of data about you to know whether or not you're a good fit for my business. Yeah, this also has kind of eliminated the gated content model. So people that are out there gating content, it it, it does signal to us modern marketers, just joking about that term, but, <laughs> um, us modern marketers that you don't actually know how to build your uh, tech stack so that you don't need to get your content. Because if you put a good piece of content out there and you have your 
technology stack instrumented to identify who came. Again, not you won't know I came, but you will know Caddis came. Yeah. And that's you know who you're targeting at Caddis. So then you can then follow up. Um, right. You don't you don't need my email address. You have it already. So right. Gated, you gated just content do... kind of went away with this technology. Yeah. You do you do an outbound ABM strategy. Okay, so so Dustin, uh why why is HubSpot buying Clearbit, right? Like if you're if if you are, I mean, obviously they have stated some reasons, but like if it was your acquisition why would you as hubspot buy a clear bit and and how does that kind of change how people understand hubspot I, yeah i think it fits really well with their positioning of you know they're they're the full lead generation customer management platform yeah and so if you're gonna you know say hey we do inbound marketing um they should have the most up-to-date technology stack to make sure that you're doing that in the most efficient way yeah. Um, I do believe it's a differentiator over Salesforce too. Somehow Salesforce has not acquired somebody in this space. I could be wrong on that, but yeah. Um Zoom info yeah. gonna get bought tomorrow <laughs> by Salesforce. Yeah. Well, Zoom got bought by um oh, I forget the name. It was like Discover, Discover Org. So they were like yeah. the old school B2B name database. And yeah. When we were at Drip Ryan, if you remember, we were using Zoom Info. Oh yeah. And then Discover Org, I think I'm saying that right, bought Zoom Info and it now it trades publicly under Zoom Info. So that's a publicly yeah. traded stock. Salesforce absolutely could buy it. Yeah. Um yeah, I think that's interesting. You know, we, we're talking about the inbound piece of things and in HubSpot has forever been a marketing automation platform that invented the category inbound marketing. And now they're calling themselves, as we were joking at the beginning or reading at the beginning, a customer platform, which is, boy, if those aren't two wildly generic words, uh, <laughs> it's almost like HubSpot's doing so many things at this point. They've had to level up to two of the most generic words possible to just be like, well, now everything falls into a customer and a platform. So this will work. Um, but also, I think there is some some strategy to your point around it. Um, we were we were kicking around this week an ad week um adweek article it's an interview from uh jason i think it's naughty is his name n-o-t-t-e uh he interviewed uh hubspot's cmo kip bodnar and we thought it was particularly interesting because kip uh kip speaks our i would say kip speaks our language uh, Jason does too. The first sentence of the article is to break through in business to business marketing, a message has to look beyond improving the performance of a business to impressing and exciting the people behind it. Um, I thought that was an interesting way to open it, particularly based on the fact that HubSpot's H1 on their homepages grow better with HubSpot um, because that is to me a message that is exclusively about improving the performance of a business. Um, Dustin, you know, when you, when you read this article, I think you were the first one to share it. Is there anything that particularly struck you about Kip's perspective as it relates to HubSpot and their strategy either now or how it's evolving? Like what, what specifically stuck out to you about Kip's perspective? I mean, the first thing that stuck out was the intro from the author who interviewed him. So he kind of writes maybe two or 300 words before they get into the interview with Kip. Yep. And he positioned HubSpot as a customer data platform, a CDP. And that is um, one of the worst categories to try to associate, associate yourself with. Mm. And it's actually not a category in B2B. 
B2B has been saved from the customer data platform um, hoodwink. And so, I, yeah, and I don't think HubSpot's ever said they're a customer data platform. Um, sure. He he must have just misinterpreted it. But that's what triggered me. I was like, whoa, are they calling themselves a customer data platform? And it's actually why I went and read the interview because I wanted to see if Kip said that. He did not. Yeah. Um, he did not say they're an inbound marketing platform though. They have obviously uh, moved well beyond that. And so they are having to level up their category. And, you know, I would say... I understand why they need to do that. Um, I don't think they've done it as gracefully as they did when they came up with inbound marketing. And so now calling it a customer platform um, is pretty generic. It does not tie back to the outcome they're delivering really at all. I I guess the goal is to get customers and keep them. That's probably what they would say. But, you know, inbound marketing, that is a, that directly the word tells you the outcome you're going to get. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah people coming to me. This sounds great. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So I'm a, I'm curious to see what happens. He, he, you know, in the interview, he does talk about inbound and he does talk about their, um, in their DNA is education and partner support. Yeah. And those are like really key differentiators of how HubSpot has grown. And so sure. the DNA is still there, but I do think they're at a crossroads where they've built 25 features onto this inbound marketing platform. Yep. And they need to reca- recategorize it so that they can sell it as a platform as opposed to us just buying the inbound piece or just buying the clear bit piece. They want us yep. to buy the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, which is what a lot of our customers come to us with, right? They've they've expanded and they need to reposition. So be That's very literally... curious to see. Sorry to interrupt you. No worries. I was saying I'm super curious to see what happens here. And they're looking yeah. more and more like Salesforce every day, which is interesting. A hundred percent. The one of the quotes. Kip calls. With, Kip does say that they're a full front office CRM now. Yeah. As we spent the last couple of years really focused on telling the platform story of HubSpot, we're not just a marketing or sales or customer service. We are a full front office CRM. Yep. So 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 outright saying, high Salesforce. <laughs> um. Yeah, and to your point too, Dustin, about the the when people come to us piece, the um, uh, Kip got asked about their strategy, and and he said um, he said part of it was we we were relaunching the sales hub product. That's a big, huge audience that's different from our historical marketing audience. And at the same time, our product had grown up a lot, so we're repositioning. You literally just said this. You've got to get everybody from your internal teams to your customers aligned on that story. And part of why that stuck out to me was because that, to your point, Dustin, is a huge part of what we do with the folks that we engage with is you've grown, you've changed, the market's grown, the market's changed, and there's a repositioning that has to happen. And inside, in the context of that repositioning, aligning people around that story is what's really crucial. Um, Mike, one of the things I was going to ask you about is um, the Venn diagram uh, that we often talk about for category names has three components. And I feel like we haven't talked about it a while in a while. Uh, what are the three components of that Venn diagram and where is HubSpot in relationship to that Venn diagram? Uh, the three, the three components are what it is, what it does and makes the familiar new. Um, and if you can hit all three, you're doing great. So what it is, is the noun. Like Mm -hmm. literally, what is this? What it does is the verb. 
And if there's ever a chance that there's a word that captures both the nounness and the and the verbness of it, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. And yep. it makes the familiar new. It's just like pushing the story forward. It's using terms or vernacular or frames that are already familiar in the market in a new way. Um, yeah. Making the familiar new is the trick. Um, and so that you're not introducing something that's so esoteric that you have to spend the first 15 slides explaining what it is, that there's really a low bar to <clears throat> understanding and um, um, digesting and repeating. It's really easy to, you know, repeat that story. Um, in, inbound marketing, you know, kind of hit all three of those things where it, it got, um, you know, it's like makes the familiar new is like, what is inbound marketing? And it opens up the door. We call it the curiosity gap. Once you get mm-hmm. somebody, once you create a curiosity gap in the prospect's mind and they ask themselves a question, it opens up the door. You have permission to explain what that is. Um, and so, but if you confuse them or go sideways on anything like that, then you, you're, you've lost, you've lost the opportunity. Yeah. So, yeah. So inbound marketing was great, easy, you know, literal, um, you know, a lot of times the work we do, we'll come up with pretty literal representations of what the categories should be called. And people sometimes are disappointed because they think there's some word work judo, like a tagline that's going to capture everything. And it's like, no, you actually don't, yeah. you don't need to be that clever. You yeah. don't need to be that creative. You need a lower, lower bar and, and, a, and a big bucket that you can fill with meaning. Yeah. And and so now they're saying um a customer platform. I mean, no. I mean <laughs> there, there's two things. Yes, yeah. no, but also what the hell yeah. is a customer platform? And right. then maybe that's why the writer went to a CDP, right? That's like the closest thing, uh understanding that he has to what a customer platform might be. Yeah. Um, and it's a CRM. They're using CRM, but they've got you know, and I am not the HubSpot expert here, obviously, but, you know, they've got a marketing hub, a sales hub, a service hub, a CMS hub, an operations hub, and a new commerce hub. So what is that category that all those hubs can seamlessly snap into um, in a logical, relatively linear and logical way that makes it um, makes the hierarchy of messaging like really clean and easy to understand? Yeah. And maybe, maybe that's customer platform. Um, <laughs> and, you know, like inbound marketing, if you read the background of HubSpot, it was just a happy accident where they were just like, you know what, this can, you know, old marketing, traditional, um, it's just, it's just out of date and it's all push marketing. It's all interruption marketing as, as Seth Godin might say, mm-hmm. and with all these SEO and everything that we have at our, our that emerging tip tips of our finger right now, like the, we, there needs to be a new way to represent that. And that's, yep. that's classic deviation um, um, strategy. And, and they just, again, they were just like, it was a happy accident. It wasn't any way that we were like, Oh, we're going to create a new category. It was just like, this is what it needs to be. And, yep. and the term stuck. Yeah. Yeah. They just renamed uh pull demand marketing. Exactly. Uh, I mean, it's there, they had steps to how you would turn, you know, pull demand into inbound. Um, that, I mean, I thought they did it artfully. So I'm going to go back, Mike, because you said uh, customer platform, is that what they call it? Yeah, uh, no. customer platform, new. And then you're like, you're like what is that? <laughs> why why is that not the right curiosity gap? I think got, it's th- too generic. 
right? Like, and it's, um, and it doesn't, it makes the familiar familiar. Like, how do you, uh, I love that. <laughs> it's just like customer platform. It's just too uninteresting. It's very literal. Um, it doesn't create any kind of response. I mean, you know, Dustin, what, what you talk about is, um, you know, there's a big difference between going to your, your CFO and saying you need, um, you know, some generic sounding um, software versus something that sounds really, really interesting that maybe you're going to write a million dollar contract for or sign off mm -hmm. on that. And and if somebody came to you and said, I've got a customer platform, is that something that the CFO is going to be like, we need that and here's a million dollars? Or is there yeah. another way to to think about it, right? I mean, it's so generic. I think you could argue that they would say, don't we already have one? Which that is a, that's a better response than that sounds expensive. Yeah. Because um, if you, you know, if you're just sitting there as the CFO, you'd be like, okay, customer platform is like, we must have one of those. What do we pay for the current one? You know? So you're going <laughs> okay, to get take that, compared. Take that conversation further. And then that person goes, yes, but this is different because, and then like go down that road and then figure out what that needs to be called. Because all of a sudden you're like, you're saying, yes, we have one, but this one's different. So, and there's parity there. They're both customer platforms, so one's different. So I would argue that it needs, you know, we always talk about push the story forward. Like the, the category needs to push that story forward and it, right now it's not doing it. Yeah, it's it's hard to tell and sell the HubSpot story with, with customer platform. Because then he would say, oh yeah, well the customer platform we, you're thinking of is just Zendesk or something that helps service our customers. Yeah. This helps us generate customers, find them, nurture them, close them, yeah. manage them, expand them. Like, oh, it sounds like it's just like a full business operating system. Yeah, sick. We, we have 20 tools that do that. So are you going to get rid of all those tools? You know, yeah, and like, right. And then, it becomes, and then now it's become this gigantic thing that's too big to implement. And they are targeting smaller businesses. And so that's this all-in-one pitch works there. But if they're trying to go up market, you can see pretty quickly at a... $200 million business, they're going to be like, no, we don't want to rip and replace all that stuff. Yeah. 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 I Are I they still going it... after SMBs? Sorry, Ryan. Nah, no, I mean, I fine. think they're trying to move up market, but yeah. the, oh, it's, it's I... an all-in-one messaging, right? But they are smart enough to not say that, but maybe they should. I mean, I think they're pretty, I don't know. It, to me, HubSpot has always been very, well, not always, but particularly in the past, seven-ish years they've been very like start for free if you're a small team or we also have enterprise level sales demos da 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 and they've kind of been like pick pick where you want to fall here but i do feel like i don't know i i think their offerings are going up market as they do expand into this like all in one we can touch all of these like you know huge uh departments of your business platform piece, but I do feel like they're positioning their pricing, even their pricing page. I was just actually looking at their pricing page, you know, for individuals and small teams or for businesses and enterprises are the two like main tabs on their pricing page. So I feel like they're, they are definitely like allowing for that. There's two things that are popping into my head as you guys were talking about, you know, this, this hypothetical conversation. One of them is does HubSpot benefit from, you know, we talked about, uh, we talked about Clavio a couple weeks ago. If you haven't listened to that episode, go listen to it. But we talked about Clavio a few weeks ago. And one of the things we kind of talked about was like, did they benefit from being so ubiquitous in the industry that they actually don't really need to be like creative in their category? Cause they're like, we're HubSpot. 
you know what we are. You know what we do. We can call it a customer platform because everything we do touches the customer. You get it. And then we'll get it. You know, we're already through that first jump, if you will, into the next layer of shit. Um, I'm not, I'm not trying to give them a pass, but I'm saying, do you feel like to a degree when you get so big and you are representative of so many things, do you have to zoom out to a level that does not have specificity because any degree of specificity beyond customer platform starts to invalidate <laughs> another component of what you do because you have 12 different hubs you could sell me right now for 12 different departments of my business. I don't think they're as dominant as Clavio. So they are squarely competing with Salesforce, who is, I don't, I'd have to look, but 10 times their size. Sure, sure, sure. So... And I think it's that it is that enterprise versus SMB split that they've had, but they definitely are going to try to go up market. So that's yeah. why they built built all this functionality. Yeah. So yeah, I, I don't think I don't think they get a pass, um, like like Clavio has, honestly. Yeah. Not. I guess I'm not. I'm not speaking to it from a sense of dominance, but from like you could ask, you could ask a thousand marketers do you know what HubSpot is? And I bet you all 1000 will say yes. You know, like I just, I just feel like it's it, the ubiquity of HubSpot might be giving them a little bit of a pass to not have to think too creatively about this category term because it's like they, they've just been around for so long and everyone knows who they are, even if they're not the dominant player. Another element to this, which is interesting and that I think was part of the reason Adweek kind of attach themselves to a story on this is, you know, HubSpot did a, they did a big media campaign, advertising campaign to launch their new sales hub. And it wasn't like HubSpot were all these amazing things. It wasn't like a brand positioning um, campaign. It was a very specific product focused campaign. Mm. Um, Q4 will never be the same again. Um, high production value, really well done. Uh, a, a pretty big, uh, media buy uh, to accompany it. And, you know, they talk about one of the things that I, you know, they asked him like, you're doing like Sunday NFL Sunday ticket. You're doing all these big things. Like, are you trying to convert potential partners? And Kip says, you get some conversions, but every media is designed to convert or increase consideration. Mm. Now, this campaign was designed to increase awareness and consideration. There are no key metrics we're looking at here. <laughs> Uh, and I just want to say, like, like this is like one of the big, you know, CRM players um, in the in the you know in the space, obviously. Yeah. And they're like that. That's one thing that's really interesting. No key metrics were like they're gonna they're looking for lift. They're looking for awareness and consideration lift. But they're also competing against Salesforce because Salesforce has been doing a lot of brand level campaigns to kind of like you know pump the uh, the reputation of the of the brand and expand the awareness and the understanding of what Salesforce is, not just among B2B, but also among consumers as well. So yeah. I thought that was that was interesting. But the, the point is that they're just doing it for the sales hub product is really interesting to me and not the entire suite, if you will, of yeah, customer platform. For sure. I also will say as uh, folks who've had a lot of conversations about growth marketing and performance marketing and all marketing is growth marketing, that's an oxymoron. 
uh, and also the over-indexing on data and ROI. It's really refreshing to see a CMO at a large company say the sentence, there are no key metrics we're looking at here. Like what a just <laughs> lovely thing to hear for the first time in a really long time. We know we're supposed to do this. It's a brand campaign. We're not trying to like, like we we just know more people need to know about HubSpot and that we offer this sales hub uh, component of what we do in a way that, you know, you might not know about. And so we're just going to tell people about it. And I just think that's like a really nice, uh, a refreshing thing to see that sometimes it doesn't all have to be attributable dollar for dollar ROI uh, at every turn. <laughs> uh, Dustin, you're muted. <clears throat> Sorry, I was pulling up a screen share. Yeah. Um, so just for market share, this is from six cents. So, you know, it's, it's a sample. It's directionally correct, probably definitely wrong. Yeah. But, um, so Salesforce, they have it listed twice. So if you can if you add those together, they have about 50% of the market yep. for CRMs. And then HubSpot is the second biggest at 4.83% of the CRM market <laughs> yeah, yeah, in yeah. front so, of Microsoft Dynamics. So literally 10 X, uh, to your point. Just from a customer perspective, yeah. not from a revenue perspective. This is from installs. Yeah, this is not from a revenue perspective. This they're looking at the technographics of websites, which is yeah. another part of of uh, database enrichment. Is you can get contact info, company, but you can also get their their technology stack. So you know if you sell CRMs, oh they they have one, and they even track like when their contracts are coming up. So, anyways, that's how that's how Sixth Sense has this data. Yeah. Um, yeah, pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah, HubSpot. So literally, literally, ten times smaller um, than Salesforce. You know, part of me, part of me also is is thinking like, as I'm seeing something like this too, if if you are clearly to the point of like going the sales hub route. I mean, you know, we talked about earlier, like them coming out and saying we are a full fledged CRM. We're cha they're clearly chasing Salesforce. They're trying to eat up market share of that 50% of the market that Salesforce has as a 5% player. Why call yourself a customer platform and why not just call yourself a CRM and, and actually like, you know, ride the coattails of the category that, you know, Salesforce is, is riding. Like, I mean, in some situations I go is they don't, they don't need to create a new category. Do they, do they need to just be the better CRM against Salesforce? I, I don't think we would recommend this to most of our customers, but in this situation, if you're HubSpot and that's your, your market position as the underdog, why not? Well, if you're going to be a challenger brand, act like it, you know, yeah. like I think there's an opportunity here to put a little spice in, into uh, the, I mean, the brand's always been interesting and, and well done. I, I want to point out <laughs> One thing under their H2, even though their H1 is uh, um, weak, grow better with HubSpot, there's a nice little <clears throat> jab in their first software that's powerful, not overpowering. Mm -hmm. And that's like from a customer insight, that's like, you know what? Salesforce is a workout. Like they say it's easy, you know, make my life easy. It does not. It's, it's yeah. a lot of work to get that thing to work correctly. So yeah. I just think that's a nice little, little nod to that. Totally. Totally. Yeah. So I think to say, our, you know, they're a, a different CRM than, than Salesforce yeah. would be the approach to take. Yeah. Um, they could put a modifier in front of it. Um, mm -hmm. It does, you know, traditionally CRMs don't service and maintain your customers, but there's no reason you couldn't modify 
because uh, it is customer relationship management is what CRM stands for. Mm-hmm. And so they could just totally say, yeah, we, this is actually what we do. And it doesn't require a $100,000 partner integration to stand up. We have native integrations that p- plug and yeah. play and Clearbit just made it easier. And they can kind of build that whole story because that is their differentiator over Salesforce. They're much easier to get going. Sure. It's just weird that a brand that had so much success with a category approach to their business just kind of kicked it to the curb um, as they're trying to go up market. I, I maybe that's that's I'm 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 assuming, but it's just like it just like that worked for you, and 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 maybe they looked at like what happened to Drift, and Drift like kind of had to like reinvent another category on top of their existing category. And they're like, ah, it's getting too confusing. Let's pretty keep it straightforward. But it's just like, yeah. man, like you guys are iconic in inbound marketing. It'll be forever be within the vernacular of B2B um, marketing and sales and things like that forever. And it's like, and now you guys are just kind of going away with it. I mean, is it anywhere on the homepage? I don't see it anywhere. So anyway. Inbound? Yeah. No, I don't think so. I mean, they're not even calling... Um they're they they are now referring to their marketing offering as the marketing hub and calling it marketing automation software to help you get high quality leads save time and resources and measure and optimize your marketing investments so it's not even they're not even calling their marketing products anything related to inbound marketing save time save money so what's funny is they because they still do the inbound conference which is that they're going to have to change that right because why yeah well if you're going to come to inbound you're going to learn more than just about inbound. We're going to right. teach you about this whole customer stack, I would assume. So that'll right. be interesting to see. Unless they just, it was called inbound. I was just going to say, unless they just take that model and and plug and play, cut and paste into the sales hub and the service hub, where every every vertical, if you will, gets its own um, um, conference. Yeah, would attract would... like different em, different employees and stuff, but that you know, one of the things that I, that I'm coming back to though, as we're talking about like, oh, they didn't even, they're not even using inbound anymore, but it's like, well, a lot of people use HubSpot for outbound marketing. Like that's like one of the, one of the, probably one of the most common use cases I would say in 2023 is people using HubSpot for outbound marketing. We literally started this podcast talking about Clearbit, which is an outbound marketing tool based on people showing interest in your website. So I go, this is where I'm, I, 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 I waffle back and forth between like, well, this specificity invalidate the growth but i also think you know to your point mike the specificity that was once valuable is no longer accurate mm-hmm. so must be removed but in the interest of covering all bases the um the generic nature of what they've gone with for all of these things lacks any degree of specificity that helps me understand the what or the why or the how or the value or the differentiation of these things. And I think that's what I'm most disappointed by with HubSpot's choice here is, is, okay, well, that specificity didn't work. Let's go so generic to the full opposite end of the spectrum. It's a customer platform and this is your sales hub. Could not possibly be more generic in any way, shape or form. Which which then leads me as a customer to go, why should I care, right? Like, why like why is this interesting? Why is this different? Why is this better? Why is this something that I should pay you money for? So question, uh, Dustin, either of you might know the answer to. I don't. Within consumer marketing and advertising, 
generally once your your budget hits a certain threshold, you do start testing concepts with focus groups. And I use that term focus groups loosely. It's not necessarily a traditional focus group, but you do go out and test yeah. and see if it's hitting or if it's not. I mean, does that dynamic exist within B2B as well? Is this something they kind of like went out and kind of like bounced around some key accounts or any any guesses on that? I'm sure, I'm sure they did consumer research, but again, yeah. this the old Henry, you know, Henry Ford quote, they would ask for a right, faster yeah. horse. So right, it's like, yeah. yes, of course your customers want to save time and save money. <laughs> that they, they, that's like a table stakes. And so the yeah. challenge here with the product marketing team at HubSpot is they have not been held accountable to be like, okay, of course, like, how do we do that? And how does that become a superpower for our customer? Yep. Of course, that's the outcome. Of course. Like they yeah. wouldn't be looking at the website or shopping for a CRM if they weren't right. looking to save time, save money and and grow. Right. So please don't insult their intelligence by putting that on the homepage. <laughs> I do. I do. Uh, I do feel like HubSpot customer platform grow better with HubSpot it is it is it is borderline offensive to like people coming here like you. Have, you have already made me work harder as a visitor to your website by giving me no information coming through the door about why I care to be here. Yeah. Let's um, not offend anybody or excite anybody. Yeah. <laughs> and like, like the, this company is, um, uh, is a juggernaut, right? So they, they have totally. earned the right to be lazy almost. So I'll pose a question. <laughs> Do you think somebody could take inbound marketing and build up a billion dollar business with it. Like like run with the category? Yeah. Yeah. Re reinvigorate inbound. Uh, so if, go ahead. Mike. I'm going to, let me say something, Ryan. Sorry. If yeah. you look at how HubSpot started, this is the, the forest and the trees uh, metaphor again, where uh, something starts from a little small sapling and it grows and grows and grows and gets so big that, you know, it creates space underneath it for new saplings to grow while yep. it's trying to eat up all the sun and, and air. And like, yeah, there could be somebody that comes in and says, you know, you guys HubSpot started because they felt like old traditional marketing, push marketing was broken. And there's new innovation that's taking place within digital uh, digital ecosystem that we can better take advantage of. And somebody could do the same, just run the same playbook, you know, like HubSpot's no longer like what they were promising to be. And there's all this innovation that's taking place. I mean, it's interesting that HubSpot launched a platform to track um, effectiveness of TikTok, which I think is kind of cool. But I think there's in, within the marketing realm, you could come in and say like, yeah, we're just going to focus on these new emerging mar um, platforms and really figure out how to um, optimize them for our clients. I mean, if that has changed, there's a big change in the world you can anchor in. It's not about SEO anymore. Like, good luck ranking in Google. <laughs> okay, so that was actually literally where I was going to go with my immediate answer, Dustin, was like the, the, the significance of inbound when that category was created was massive because it was like the way marketers marketed, right? It was just like, if you create enough blog posts and eBooks and landing pages and videos, people will find your website in Google for the things they're looking for and they'll think you're awesome and then they'll buy your software. And like that doesn't work the way that it used to work at all whatsoever. So you'd have to, you'd have to 
redefine inbound for people who already had an understanding of inbound to make it, from my perspective, valuable. Otherwise, well, think, think about what AI is doing to search right now and anchor in that. Exactly. How do people find people in 2023? And, you know, is is that inbound? You know, is that is that reflective of what inbound either is or is there even a way to redefine inbound to be representative of the way people find people in 2023? I don't know. I don't know if it, I don't know if there is a way. So, well, fast forward to 2030 when buying software is not going to happen on a website. It probably is going to be done through AI bots where we're going to put in what we're looking for and it's going to go out and talk to other bots to figure out who who's telling and selling the story and bring back yeah. the recommendations. Like that yeah. is how most things are going to interact in five years. It's not 20 years. Yeah. So in that world, could you position inbound as like, yeah, it's all going to be inbound because it's going to be computers talking to computers. And so you better have your data structure clean. You better have your points deliverable. You better be optimized for this new way of selling. And that is the new inbound. I I think that I wonder related to this specifically, and the in the bots is you know the in, in 2030, what the bots are going to be so good at is like creating a product marketing uh, matrix of features and functionalities and pricing and all of those things. And I think what I'm afraid of is we've talked about like product differentiation is going away, act accordingly. It's going to go like, <laughs> does it have it? Yes. Does it have it? Yes. Okay. Well, those things are the same. <laughs> like it's not going to know it is not a user. Right. I mean, I think that, that to, to me, that's the then, game, man, that's the game. Like, yeah, people sure. are going to figure out how to game AI. You're going to absolutely have to. just like people absolutely. figured out how to game search. I think what's what's most likely is that, and I've been kind of, I've been rooting for this for a hot second, but I think AI is only going to rocket this faster is it's going to be so much more, hey, what do you use? I want to talk to somebody, a real person in the world. And go. What do you use, and how does it solve for your needs, or does you mean word? You mean word of mouth? I mean word of mouth. <laughs> modern marketing in word of mouth. Yeah, yeah. Word, yeah. Of, word of mouth, modern marketing. But I just think like but, inbound is going to be somebody referencing a tool they use and being check out this website. This is what we use, and it's really good for us. I feel like like can you imagine yourself as a marketer, Dustin, looking for a tool to serve a need, and not asking your asking the robots before you ask your friends in the marketing and sales space about like what they're using and how it's solving their problems. The, the bot's going to bring back all of the customer testimonials. It's going to go talk to my friend's bots and get there. What are they using? I mean, it's just, yeah, I'll have it all. I won't, I may after <laughs> that call you Ryan to talk about it, but we're not yeah, going to yeah, have yeah. to do any of this. Yeah. Yeah. I still, I don't know though. Cause aren't you still going to want to go like, like to, to Mike's point, and the way that everyone gamed SEO, I mean, I feel like marketers specifically stopped trusting Google results a long time ago, like before the general public did. And I feel like the general public is already like, eh, I don't know. That's the top 10 in Google is is suspect because people are are continuing to game the system. I kind of feel like if if you have that same 
ethos as a person that like i know this is gamed eventually then what can you trust or what will you trust what will you choose to trust and i feel like people will always choose to trust someone who's doing something actively and their experience even if anecdotal more than they will choose to trust an AI. I don't know if it'll always be that way, but at least for the foreseeable future and the gamification you're, of it. Your your elder statesmanship and your millennial generation is showing right now. The Gen Z, ki- <laughs> the Gen Z kids are you like, know, what are you talking about? I'm kicking my ass. <laughs> They're just like, uh, we're going to have all the information and then I will make the decision that I trust. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just like, I mean, I put this up on LinkedIn yesterday. I just rolled across the uh, interview that Steve Jobs did in 1981 when <clears throat> it was like 60 minutes, but it wasn't. It was some news program on television, on a network television broadcast, um, speaking of generational cultural uh, references. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and um, and he, it's that point where he's just like, look, the personal computer is going to be the the bicycle for the mind. You know, it's like there. It's just gonna and and all these in 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 endemic um uh things or abilities we already have. It's just gonna super super power that. And mm. I, I I try try to think about every. I feel like every technological advancement is similar to that. There's always gonna be a human element behind it, but it's gonna become like the bicycle for the mind in in a in a bigger bigger way. So yeah, yeah. We should wrap this up. <laughs> Have we lost the plot, gentlemen? I don't think we have. I don't think we have. Well, I was like, I was about to go into HubSpot AI, which they launched at inbound, but I'm like, hey, yeah. it'll do. that's a whole nother. Yeah. And and Clearbit's homepage also is re, I think it's reimagined with AI or something to that effect right now. It's just trying oh, to great. here this week. Because what isn't in 2023 reimagined yeah. with AI? Um, all right, gentlemen, thank you for your brains. Thank you for your time. Uh, and you out there in the internet, thank you for your time. Thanks for listening to the SaaS Brand Strategy Show. Uh, if you want to know more about what we do, you can go to drmg.co. That's drmg.co. You can also send us an email at hi at drmg.co. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for sharing the show with somebody you think might gain something from it. Uh, if we got if we got anything wrong, send us an email. Let us know. And if we got anything right, well, I guess we'd like to hear that too. Thanks for listening. As always, we'll see you next week.